Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. TikTok, 7 o'clock. Welcome into the final hour of Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Also, Cullen Steele running master control, keeping us all in line here. Good after after first break, get into some Pelicans talk with... Christian Clark, beat writer for the Times, Picayune, and advocate. Pels had a big win yesterday, getting uh, snapping a skid, getting back in the win column was nice. But also, one week from today, the NBA trade deadline. Will the Pels be movers or shakers or just end up staying put? Uh, well, so the big news today, Cajun Cannon, Drew Brees was in town. We, you guys got to talk to him yesterday. Uh, said he was driving down veterans. And, of course, today was the opening of his small sliders establishment there on Clearview and veterans in the right in front of the Target parking lot. Uh, you can't miss the orange, you know, shipping crates that are there. Definitely anxious to try out the burgers. Uh, the media got a chance to talk with Drew after uh, the introduction of the new small sliders place. And here's what Drew had to say. Plenty of questions about the Saints, you can imagine. So what did you think of the Saints this year? I know you got a few times. Yeah. I think we finished the season well. Um, unfortunately, we, we were just in a situation where probably some of the games that, that we, we let go early on in the year, unfortunately, came back to bite us. You know, we would have had an opportunity to win the win the division and go to the playoffs, you know, with a win over Green Bay early on, which I, I think we all recognize as a game that got away from us. And there was probably a few others. So I think overall, I think the team would probably strive for some more consistency. You know, it was up and down. Um, when we were good, I felt like we were really good. Um, we just had a couple of those games that got got away from us that it very easily could have been a 10-plus win season, and unfortunately it wasn't, you know, and we missed the playoffs. But I still think we're poised and in a position to to continue to be at the top of this division and, and be playoff contenders every year. I think we have a quarterback who's very talented, and I think we've got skill position guys who can get the job done defensively. You know, we're still a top-10 defense and have great leadership there. So just kind of fill fill some of the voids, build depth, and keep making a run at it. I know you think the world of Pete Carmichael. Do you yeah. watch this offense even over the last two, three years? Why do you think the offense couldn't really find its way? I mean, look, there's there's a lot of factors that go into that. You know, you're always battling injuries and who's in and out of the lineup, right? Because because you base a game plan off of who you think you're going to have, and all of a sudden you don't have them, and you got to make adjustments. I think at the end of the day, you, you want to be able to run the football. You know, you, you the, the the pass game should be an extension of the run game in regards to just kind of the timing and the rhythm, and then you take your shots when you have the opportunity. I think Derek Carr's a great deep ball thrower. I think we got deep ball threats, right, with Shahid and Olave. We got plenty of possession guys too. So, look, there's no reason why we shouldn't be a, a top five, top ten offense. I love P Pete Carmichael. Some of my best years were with Pete calling plays, you know, in 11 and 12. Um, 
but um, I think all the pieces are in place. I do. How I know the hire does the DA have with the offense coordinator? Yeah, no, it's huge. It's huge. You want you, you want to have a system that fits your quarterback. I mean, look, if you're building this thing around Derek Carr, he has to have input. He has to. Um, and, and and or at least you're you're choosing an offensive coordinator or an offensive system based on his strengths and what he does really well, and then you're building that team around him in that way. Just like defensively, you're going to take a look at what you have, and then you're going to build a defensive structure based off your personnel. You all had such amazing success so early here, and it was a lot of celebration for about 15 years. Did the way that the pitchforks came out on Dennis and Derek and some of the boos surprise you a little bit, or is it just kind of part of the NFL? No, I mean, look, I, 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 would, I would take that as a compliment. It just means we have high expectations around here, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think with I, I would I would almost spin that around and look at that as you know what we we've got we've got a fan base who who deserves a winner, who loves our team and it will always be there to support our team. But man, they've got high expectations now just based on what we've been able to accomplish around here. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think we just have to embrace that. Do you find if Mickey compared the other day? Here y'all went through with these three seven and nine seasons. You came out the other side. Yeah. Stuck with kind of the plan. Yeah. I mean, can you see that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I, 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 our, our teams the last three years have been good enough to go to the playoffs. They should have gone to the playoffs. Um, it was literally one game each of those years, one game that kept us from being the division champions. One game. So we have to we have to win the games we're supposed to win win a few of the ones that we're not supposed to win, or the 50-50 ones. Um, and then all of a sudden, you're a 10-11, 12-win team. And you're winning the division, and you're putting yourself in a great position for home field advantage. And But look, those are the expectations around here. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think we should absolutely embrace that. Culture of the, of the locker room and the organization, getting back to said some of the things that got them to be in that, those playoff teams like you talked about. Can you kind of elaborate on what was good culture when you played and what yeah. The best form of culture is, is, is guys that care about each other. Guys that care about each other, I think, just beyond what you're trying to accomplish on the field. Um, you know, some, some of my greatest memories as a player were the times that I was able to spend with the O-line at the O-line dinners, right? Or uh, uh, going out to eat on road trips or hanging out on the plane after big wins, you know? Um, going to support guys at their charity events. You know, getting the families together, doing Bible studies together. Like, th those, those were some of my greatest memories. And that's where you built strong foundations and strong relationships that they carried over to the field. Because at the end of the day, there's plenty of days you wake up and you say, man, my body's hurt and I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I'm going to make it this week. And then you start thinking about the guys in the locker room and you don't want to let anybody down and you love them and you want to win for them. And that's what it's all about. That, that's the best kind of culture. You just heard Drew Brees today speaking at the Smalls Sliders location on Clearview and Vets. And man, Cajun Cannon, he sure sounds like he's still a part of the Saints. Hell yeah. Uh, the one thing what I appreciate about our, uh, about Drew Brees, he's played in the NFL. Look all, uh, he, he didn't just play with the Saints. He played with the Chargers. If you brought up the Chargers, he'd probably say the Chargers. When you talk about the Saints, he says we. We this, are we that? Now, I try and protect sometimes when I'm doing the pre-post uh, game because I, every now and then I catch myself and I'll say we instead of the Saints. Right. The Saints this or that, and I'll say we because you're still familiar with the team. With Drew Brees, it ain't out of his brain. 
It is like we. We could have done this. We could have done that. Let me tell you, uh, Drew Brees uh, is Saints uh, black and gold through and through. Uh, you just hear his conversation and what it takes. So We just need those kids to grow up a little bit faster so we can get them as a coach. Yes. Uh, so so uh, send your kids off. You're involved in their life when they're young. Send them off to college and, uh, uh, and have them involved. We'll get back to you in a couple years. Uh, yeah, and, and then just come back in the fold. And that you're part of the Saints organization. I, I don't think Ms. Gail Benson would be against that uh, because of the passion and the work ethic of, of Drew. Absolutely. Now, um, you know, you have to have baby steps, whatever. Do you go from like a quarterback coach or maybe not? I think Drew could go straight from an offensive coordinator <laughs> and then a head coach. It's hard to go straight to a head coach because all the responsibilities. I think Drew's wheelhouse would be more – that let me focus. Uh, I don't want any outside distractions about uh, what about special teams or the team. I got to talk to the media. Let me talk about the offense with them and focus on them being successful. So, uh, but the bottom line is, I don't know if Drew Brees wants to coach in the future, but I know he, he has. He said that yesterday, ab- everything's open. He has that ability. <laughs> uh, he has that ability to represent uh, the community different communities as far as being a politician. He could do all that. And you look at the history of time since uh, America. Uh, Look, we're getting ready to be uh, 250 years of age. Compared to the Roman Empire, it's not that long. I mean, uh, we have to look at, like, future leaders like a Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the type of individual that you would want to lead your community and that you would trust. Not have an agenda, whether it's leaning too far to the right or it's too far to the left, but it's just stable. It's just stable and he's young enough and have a a coherent uh, uh, analysis of a situation and not like, uh, I don't know, you got two old farts. Uh, No, no, I'm going off on a tangent uh, that that, uh, a lot of people are, uh, you know, around the country. They said, oh, whether you like, uh, you know, uh, Trump or whether you uh, for Biden. Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, can we get somebody younger? Can we get right, like this some, is the best we got? Can we get some young Kennedy or, or like I, I'm not hating on old people, but uh, your cognitive skills does go down the older you get. But I think uh, as a future country, uh, I think can we have maybe if you like Trump or you like Biden, can can we get those kind of individuals maybe uh, 20 years younger uh, to have the same mindset? Then you go forward from there. So, uh, th- I don't know. I just went off on a tangent. But uh, I think Drew Brees is that type of individual that I think if he was leading, whatever he was involved in uh, would be successful. Well, Cajun Cannon, we'll take a break and get back on track. Talk a little Pelicans. Talk about sports. With Christian Clark <laughs> of the Times-Picayune and Advocate when we get right back after the break here on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 pre- Precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Sports Talk, me and the Cajun Cannon hanging out till 8 o'clock, getting into some Pels talk now. We are one week away from the NBA trade deadline, believe it or not. Uh, here to help us talk about that, Pelicans beat writer for the Times, Picayune, and advocate, Christian Clark. It's been a while, Christian. How you been? Hey, guys. I'm doing pretty good. How about y'all? Well, uh, you know, Christian, I'm watching the game, and obviously I think, okay, you lose three in a row. Uh, boy, uh, all of a sudden you come in a big win against the Rockets. I think we should beat the Spurs and the Raptors. Hopefully that's the case. But then you look at the trade deadline and what's going to come about. Okay, there's no Zion. He's out with a left foot injury. And then Herb uh, Jones, uh, his right abductor, he's sore. I mean, I don't know what that means, but whatever. Uh, you have to be uh, available to be held accountable. But uh, th- the question I have for you is that when I look at, um, okay, I guess we, we have a possibility maybe trading him, but I look at Valanchunas. Uh, he recorded his uh, 25th double-double, and they relied upon him, uh, 25 points, 14 rebounds, as they beat the Rockets. They end the three-game losing streak. I mean, what do you think going forward uh, as far as, uh, okay, uh, with Valanciunas, I don't necessarily like uh, what he's bringing on the defensive side of things. And then when you look at the different players uh, that you, you could bring about, uh, now, I've read your stuff, Jared Allen. I don't know. To me, the one guy I like, uh, I don't know, Wendell Carter. Uh, from the Magic, a cheap cheap contract and all. But just elaborating where we added the trade deadline. And uh, to me, uh, we can't give up Valanciunas and, and don't make our team better. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, I think they the Pelicans have to be mindful that Jonas Valanciunas is a really good basketball player. I mean, last night we saw him score 25 points, 14 rebounds. He, he killed Alperin Shangun, who is mm. a guy who was – you know, at least like in that all-star discussion, he didn't end up making right. it. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. Like, if you're going to move him, like you, you got to be confident in that move. You can't, it can't just be like, a, eh. I mean, you know, Jonas is 31 years old, maybe him and Zion, they're not like the cleanest fit together. He's on an expiring contract. Let's just get his money off the books. I don't, I don't think you can operate like that. I mean, I think where, where things stand now, I would say it's more likely that it's not that, that Jonas is back. I think some of those options that they would want to do, that they would feel like is an upgrade at that starting center, I don't think are going to be available to them before next Thursday. I mean, obviously okay. it's really fluid. It could change. But, like, if I had to bet on it today, I would bet that Jonas is, is on the team uh, on Friday. Now, uh, when you look at uh, the different perspective, uh, you know, when uh, I brought up Wendell Carter, I brought up Jared Allen, I think also uh, you brought up uh, this would be maybe a fantasy-type trade uh, with uh, Brooklyn Nets uh, wing uh, Mikael Bridges. 
Um, so, so what is your take on that as far as uh, what, what he could bring to the table potentially? Because, uh, I mean, uh, when, you, when you talk about what I was reading, uh, one of the NBA's uh, better uh, perimeter defenders, uh, in 2022, he finished runner-up in the Defensive Player of the Year voting. Uh, their best defenders, uh, th- th- if you look at the Pels, uh, the space flooring, uh, then, then uh, they struggle to defend. And Bridges does uh, both of those things at the high level. So is that some kind of like pie in the sky and just a wish list as far as if you got a guy like Mikel Bridges or what? Yeah, I, I think that uh, like he's a player of the Pelicans – I've had some interest in for a while. Um, I, you know, he's another guy who it doesn't seem like he's going to be available before Thursday. I mean, I think why they, why that's attracted to them is like, I feel like one of the Pelicans problems is they have a bunch of good role players next to Zion and Brandon, but a lot of those guys are good on one end of the floor and not the other end of the floor. And like, you know, Herb Jones is, his three point shot has improved at everything, but like, Herb Jones and Mikhail Bridges, there's not really like a, there's a, like a, a big gap there between what those guys could do in the offensive end. Um, I don't know. I, I think that finding the right fit of like role players next to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram is actually kind of tricky a little bit because those two guys, neither of them take threes at a, at a high rate. Neither of them Pelicans feel comfortable putting on the other team's, you know, best players. So the players you got to put next to them, they got to be able to defend. You'd like them to be able to hit threes. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a tricky fit. But I think that, like, one reason why the Pelicans really like a, like a Mikhail Bridges, for instance, is he, he just checks in a lot of different boxes. Now, uh, you know, Christian, when I, when I look at, um, and you might say, uh, because um, I, I thought it was a great trade, considering his contribution in the Pels uniform coming over from the Trailblazers, uh, C.J. McCollum. And you talk about C.J. McCollum, you talk about Zion, you talk about B.I., uh, but that's not necessarily far-fetched, uh, depending on the deal that could be a uh, wheel and deal, however you describe it, uh, with C.J. McCollum. Uh, that, that, is that something uh, that, depending on his contract and all that, and and uh, what comes about, no trade clause, uh, you'd have to educate me on that. But uh, C.J. McCollum going forward, is that something that a player that also could be dealt? Yeah, I don't. I don't see any way the Pelicans deal C.J. McCollum before Thursday. I mean, I, I feel like, unless it's just you know some incredible deal that doesn't look like it's going to be out there that that C.J. Brandon and Zion all going to be here through the rest of the season. I think the Pelicans probably just want to see what that looks like in the playoffs. Um, and and C.J. has been really good for this team for the past two right. years. I mean, that was great trade from from Griff and the front office. I mean, they needed a score in the backcourt. They needed some leadership. I mean, I I feel like CJ has just kind of legitimized them as as a franchise. I think they just, he's made them more of a serious franchise. Like, man, you remember the end of last year when Zion and Brandon really struggled to stay on the court. CJ was a guy sitting at the end of the season, like, we're not going to do anything unless our best players play. I mean, what has happened this year? You know, luck is a part of it, staying healthy, but Brandon Zion have played this year. So, uh, yeah, I think CJ's a really valuable voice for the Pelicans. Now, uh, you know, Christian, um, okay, if you look at the starting roster and you look at the rotation all that, uh, you look at McCollum, Herb Jones, uh, B.I., uh, Zion, Valanchunas, 
uh, I was reading what you wrote. Uh, they're allowing 120 points per 100 possessions. That's identical uh, to the to the 29th ranked uh, Detroit Pistons, and, and and that's the number of points that the possessions and points that 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 they surrender. I mean, what? I mean, uh, so you might you have to think that we got to make changes, right? I feel like one of the the team's biggest challenges right now is the starting five that they like to throw out there are C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Young Sanchez. It's a, it's a collection of talent, right? It really is. But it doesn't look like, you know, with like more than half the season in the books, that it just fits together that well. Uh, it, there's a lot of, like, offensive-oriented players in, in that starting five. Um, you know, it's Herb. Brandon, Zion, JV, like, I guess they can hit threes at times, but it's not really, like, the things that they're best at. So it's like kind of a collection of players who some of them aren't great defenders, and then they don't hit a bunch of threes either. So I just think, it, you know, they're all good players. It's just a little bit of a weird fit. So I think that's, like, one of the big storylines for the rest of the season. It's like, can they find a starting five that just fits together a little bit better? Now, uh, you know, Christian, uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong, because uh, I'm just a fan of basketball. Uh, I mean, I know freaking football. I, I know about football, but I'm a fan of basketball and how I watch it. And I look at Valanciunas. Okay, uh, Ricard is 25th double-double, uh, 25 points, uh, 14 rebounds, and what he was able to do. And then I look at B.I., uh, scoring 24 points to go along with 10 rebounds and 4 assists. So uh, who's the alpha dog on this team? Is it uh, Brandon Ingram or is it Zion or we don't really have that individual? Because a lot of times I said, oh, well, we got to get better uh, um, from a defensive perspective with the center position with Valanchunas. But all I know is he has uh, 25 double-doubles. So to me, it's like, okay, uh, Valanchunas, you're making him the scapegoat. How about uh, B.I.? Or Zion, uh, come on, how about you stepping up and beat it, Alpha Dog? I, I think you're right, actually. I mean, when I look at this team, I think they have a lot of good players, but I don't think they have a great player. And I think, you know, like the, the all-star votes came out tonight and right. all the Western Conference reserves are picked by the coaches. You know, all the coaches in, in the NBA looked at the West and said, no, I don't think the Pelicans have an all-star of that group. And I didn't think that was crazy. I mean, I think that Brandon is having a, a solid season. I think that Zion's having a solid season, but they haven't been great. Like they haven't been top 20, top 25 players. And I think that's why you've seen the Pelicans. They're pretty good. Right. But like, you know, we've seen them play yeah. the, the really good teams in the NBA and they're just not there. And I think, you know, a big reason is kind of speaks to what you said. They, they don't really have a great player on, on the roster right now. Christian, I'm curious, uh, today the word came out, too, from the NBA, the Pelicans fined $25,000, not including Trey Murphy on the team's injury report. Uh, just question to me, it was, I know, game two of a back-to-back, and he was a, he was suited up, but he was not active for the game. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, it, from what I was told, it, uh, it was described to me as an oversight. I think <laughs> the team just kind of made a mistake, basically, um, so that was the second night of back-to-back. They played OKC in New Orleans, and then the next day they played the the Bucks in Milwaukee. Right. How it's supposed to work is T 
teams have to report those injuries by 1 p.m. local time the, the, when they're on the second night of a back-to-back. Well, Trey Murphy was not on the injury report at all. And, uh, you know, I didn't get all the details or anything like that, but, you know, it could have just been a mistake of, like, well, we were supposed to put Trey on this injury report at, by 1 p.m., and it, it didn't happen. And, yeah, it was uh, it's Costly kind mistake. Of a weird deal that somebody's <laughs> out 25K. Right. Now, uh, you know, Christian, now, uh, I want you to break it down and uh, what you think, uh, because uh, January is not being kind to the Pelicans. And what I mean by that, uh, 21 and 22 were a 5 and 10. Last year, we were 3 and 13. And you look, we, we had to beat the Rockets to have a winning record. And now you're going into February. I mean, oh, come on. Uh, yeah, if you're heading in the right direction, you should be the Spurs and the Raptors. So uh, you stopped the three-game losing streak, so you should have a three-game uh, winning streak. So how do you view uh, January? Because we did have a winning record, and, you know, you always took about, uh, like, uh, what are we going to end up? I don't know, 45 to 50 wins, somewhere in that range. But uh, compared to what we did in the past, you know, all of a sudden we're all excited about the Pels, and, and then Zion gets hurt, and then we go 3-13 and 13 in January. So I'm glad we passed that, and now we're into February. What's your take going forward as far as expectations? Yeah, I, I feel like January just really solidified like what kind of team I think the Pelicans are. And I think the Pelicans are a pretty good team, but I, I just I can't lump them in with all those contenders. Like I don't think they're, you know, like on the same level as the Clippers, definitely, the Nuggets definitely, but even like the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're not on the level of the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks. And I know this because we saw them play against all these teams. And not only did they lose these games, they lost all those games by double-digit points, right? They weren't even they weren't even close. And I don't know. I mean, it's – I think there's two ways of looking at it. Like, uh, they're still a pretty young team. Like, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that, like, they're having a, a good, not great season. Um, but I, I think part of why – it just feels a little bit weird. It's like Zion, we thought Zion was going to be great, right? I mean, we, we thought that we right. saw his greatness at Duke, and it's like, okay, he's pretty good. He's just – we haven't really seen, like, him kind of get to that great level this year, and I think that's maybe part of the reason why it feels like, well, all right, well, this is okay. Well, well uh, uh, Christian, uh, I don't know. Uh, help me. Is Zion not confident at times? It might be a free-throw top uh, type uh, shot, mid-range. And he don't even take it. He feels like he always have to t- attack the basket. Now I'm not. I'm not against that. But is Zion not maybe confident, uh, confident to hit that mid range shot or, or, or what? Uh, so when I look at that, and I think that Zion is very good. I don't know if he's great. I think uh, Bi Brandon Ingram is very good. I don't think they're great. So uh, when I look at that and then you look at uh, how the game has changed and how many three-point attempts you have, how many makes you have and all that. So uh, when I look at the Pels, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll look at the Saints. I think the Pels are a better version of the Saints. And what I mean by that, okay, if you have 32 teams uh, in the NFL, uh, the Saints kind of middle of the road, 8-9, and 9-8 uh, and eight right there. But I look at the Pels. I think they top 10 in the NBA, but they're not amongst the best. So uh, are we willing to accept that? And then you go forward that maybe we're in the thick of things. But the one thing with Zion, when I watch Zion, I mean, uh, does he play any defense? Uh, 
I mean, uh, it seemed like he played more defense at Duke. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Correct me, Christian, because I'm just a fan about this. <laughs> I mean, look, I think what we saw at Duke in those couple months, we've not really seen him play at that level in the NBA level for a lot of that time. And I still think he's had some moments where he's been awesome. But, yeah, I mean, I look, I'm, I'm trying not to go too hard on him because right. there's a, a lot of stuff after the in-season tournament about, like, his diet and his conditioning need to improve. I think it was all justified. And from everything, you know, I've kind of seen and heard, it's it's gotten better since then, that, that kind of embarrassment against the Lakers on national TV. But, look, man, it's, it's really competitive. And, like, I think if you're not – like a, a maniac about like doing the work and, and getting better, then it'll, it'll kind of catch up to you sooner or later. Um, so I don't know. I think that's one of the big questions. Zion's got four more years left on his deal after this year. Is this, is this kind of what he is, which is, you know, a pretty good player um, or, you know, can he, can he be a, like a great player again? I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know whether to uh, adjust my expectations. I was going to say, Christian, do you think that the left foot bone contusion is something that's bothering him more severely than we think right now? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, a couple, couple like week and a half ago, Willie Green was asked about it. He's like, he had medical imaging, like nothing structurally wrong, just okay. a little bit of. He soreness. got a bruise. He, uh, come on. Yeah, he went through practice today, like parts of practice. I mean, he was he got a sweat, so like he's. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Well, uh, you know, what we need in the Big Easy. Uh, we don't need to be the Big Easy. We need to be the Big Nasty here in <laughs> New Orleans. So we need somebody like Luca. Uh, I, I like Alpha Dogs. I mean, I, I look at Luca and, and what he's doing in Dallas. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know who you compare it to and all. I mean, uh, B.I., I mean, I don't know, Brandon Ingram, uh, if we have any of those cats on the team. But, I mean, that's what I think we're missing. We all got – they're all very good. Everyone's missing a Luca though. <laughs> they, they, they all, they're all very good. C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion, they're all very good. But are they truly great? You know, when you look at throughout the NBA, you look at greatness because you can look at uh, greatness and, and, and what it takes. I mean, uh, Christian, uh, well, when I talked to fans and all that, and I said, no, we, we have a good team. I don't know if we're going to win anything, and I, and I don't think we will, but we're going to be competitive. So it, it, is that enough or we have to accept that? Hey, man, I, I can't tell people how to feel. Like, people people got to feel how they're going to feel. I mean, like, me personally, I think it's been progress that the best two players are actually playing this year. Like, that was the biggest problem in the two previous years. Is that Ryan right? and Brandon just could not get on the court. And so it's like, I guess that's progress. But at the same time, like, when you really take a high-level view of that, it's like, wow, is the bar so low that we're like, Yay! The best two players are who make like thirty million dollars a year are playing basketball this year. Hurrah! You know, I mean, right? I can get why it's like that's a really low bar. Christian, definitely appreciate the time. We'll be tuning in tomorrow. Obviously, Pelicans taking on the Spurs. Spurs, Spurs wrapping up the Spurs road trip. Man, I got to get on top of my stuff. Yeah, yeah, Spurs and the Raptors. No, we got to win three in a row. I, I, I think that's truly you got to. Okay, okay uh, Christian. The only thing is we let you go. <laughs> Strength of schedule and all that. I think it's kind of favorable going forward compared to what we faced uh, and that, that gauntlet. When we're going out, when all of a sudden we're playing Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, and then Boston. I think it's getting easier coming up. 
Yeah, January is brutal, man. I mean, eight and seven in in the month of January, the schedule heads really not bad. All star break is kind of in sight now. I mean, they're not really gonna like they're not gonna send any all stars there. I mean, hopefully, they just use that to plenty uh, time to rest to regroup. Appreciate that time again, Christian. Talk to you soon. All right, Christian. Thanks, guys. Pelicans beat writer for the Times, Picayune, and advocate Christian Clark. You can check out his work there. We're going to be back with more of Sports Talk right after this. Stay tuned on WWL. Welcome back into Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. And once I heard this today, Cajun Cannon, I had to clip the audio. Save it for you. Uh, it's one of our favorites, Cam Newton. He's not letting up on his criticism of 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy, even though the second-year pros led them to the Super Bowl for the first time since the 2019 season. Now, Newton has labeled Purdy a game manager, not a game changer. He's a game manager to win the game. (laughs) I mean, that's all. Listen, I'm a Cam Newton fan. Uh, Cam Newton was unbelievable. Auburn Tigers don't win a national championship if it was not for Cam Newton. Uh, But uh, Brock Purdy, what are you talking about? Well, here anyway is what Cam Newton had to say about Purdy. I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say... Is Brock Parody is a game manager. So what? That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. But I still reserve the right to say this. To be labeled a game changer, Brock Parody has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Hmm. And well, that's not the case. And who's the best player? T- Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Man, look, I ain't recanting shit. Oh. And if you really... Want to just be honest, if you add in the defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Parity is the 10th best player on his team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. What's your point, Cam? Well, what's your point, Cam? Uh, no, he's just a smarter quarterback than you. Uh, Cam Newton is an unbelievable quarterback, uh, but Brock uh, Purdy is more cerebral and uh, what he does. And uh, but, but when you're trying to challenge and what it takes, game uh, manager, game changer, <laughs> what the hell that means? Did you win the game or not? Okay, uh, uh, okay, you say Pat Mahomes is a game changer. He, he, and, uh, he okay. managed to get a victory. Uh, yeah, but, but okay, <laughs> see, Pat Mahomes, a game changer. Look what he's done. Okay, you know who's the ultimate game changer? How many Super Bowls he's been? And, you know, I'm a number one fan of his, Lamar Jackson. How, how many uh, a game changer? How many right, Lamar right Jackson? I mean, Lamar Jackson. He's won two MVPs. He's going to win two MVPs. Game changer. But how many Super Bowls? Game changer. Wishes he was more of a no, game manager, uh, th- th- maybe. Th- that's a huh. bunch of uh, BS. Uh, listen, it's playing the quarterback position. What's you called upon to do? A game changer, game manager. All I know is he's throwing a wet ball against the Packers. Uh, he adjusted. What did he do in the last drive against Green Bay? He led him to victory. What did he do at the end? No one thought he could do this with his feet. What is it, two or three significant runs he made with his feet? I, I, I mean, I can't run like Cam Newton, <laughs> but, but I know the task at hand. Listen, Cam Newton is still bitter. He's still bitter because he is shocked they did not beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Cam Newton thought he, he got was, roughed he, up. He, listen, what, 2015, he's MVP in the league. Yeah. Cam Newton was off the chart. What he did for the Auburn Tigers was off the chart. I think he was shocked 
that they did not beat the Broncos in that Super Bowl. So uh, Cam Newton, now uh, you, the older you get, he wished he was more Brock Purdy-like. Maybe that's it. Maybe when, that's a little well, jealousy well, yeah, there. Yeah, when you can uh, live and make plays with your physical skills like you can't extend plays with your feet, you wish you'd be more a game manager to try and win because he had chances, whether it's the Patriots, whatever. If you look at Cam Newton, okay, uh, but, but what did he truly do post-Carolina uh, Panthers? Eh. And I'm not saying, uh, listen, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not on Cam Newton's level. I, I think Cam Newton's awesome. What he did for the Auburn Tigers in the SEC. But all I'm saying, when you're truly going to be the best of the best, right now you have to look 21st century. What Tom Brady has done for the Patriots and what Pat Mahomes has done for the Chiefs. I guarantee you Cam Newton wishes he was like a Pat Mahomes type player. We are stepping away, taking a break, and we'll be right back with one more segment here on WWL. Closing up shop here on Sports Talk. Got one more call on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line to get to. It is our good buddy, Jimmy and Gretna. How you doing today, Jimmy? Hey, how y'all doing? Hanging in. Hey, listen, I think y'all made the right move, WWL, Scoot, you, uh, y'all the WWL people. Bobby Bear, the crew of Mad Hatters moving to Sunday. We're going to see y'all out there for the parade. All right. You're going to uh, show up, Jimmy. I'm, I'm going to throw you something. I say, throw me something, throw, mister. Throw me. Hey. I'm going to look for you, Bobby. All right. Jimmy from Gretna is going to look for you. And they got some great concerts all weekend. Zebra tomorrow night out there. Saturday looks like a wash. But, look, I'm watching the uh, East-West Shrine game right now on NFL Network. My boy Frank Gore Jr. just ripped off a 49-yard touchdown. I know – there's not much defense being played right now. And my question is this. Look, you got the Senior Bowl this Saturday in Mobile. Right. It looks like that's going to be a washout. But what's the deal with the Saints? Okay, Trevor Penning. It, it, Sean Payne's not here to evaluate and get these undrafted guys like Lance Moore, Colson in the seventh round. What's the issue? Did we just miss on Penning? Is it an issue with the uh, administration no, not no. picking the right guys? Are we not coaching these guys up? What's going on? Well, uh, I still think from a physical standpoint that Trevor Penning uh, can play in the NFL. He better be able to. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be a tackle. You know, like if you're on the edge or you're in the box. Right. Because I play with Jim Dombrowski. Uh, he's from University of Virginia. And they want him to work out at tackle. He never worked out, but he worked out at guard at a high level. Andrews Pete, you know, you play a little bit. You get experience. He worked out. At, he didn't work out initially at tackle. Right. So he worked out at guard. He played a few times. And then, boom, back uh, at left we, tackle. We, we threw him out left at tackle. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's doing something. About to get paid. So, so, so you never know how it's going to click. But Trevor Penning can play in the NFL. I just don't know right now. If it's on the edge, like uh, tackle, you know, might say, "Oh, well, what about Ram Chick's knee?" I don't know about right tackle or left tackle. I think right now to help Trevor Penning out, he might have to be on the interior, to, in that box, in a close uh, space where he could truly use his physicality to have success. Cajun Cannon, say good night. All right, bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who they go Saints? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.